Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones, it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss new ways to get inside your customer's imagination, little details that help deliver big outcomes, and the excitement that comes from figuring out if something is real or not. Imagining, reading, and faking. Oh my. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. Earlier this fall, longtime friend of the Experience This Show and fellow customer experience speaker and author Chip Bell published his newest book, Inside Your Customer's Imagination. You know, Chip has actually written a staggering 24 books so far in his career, which if I'm not mistaken, Joey, even with your next book and my next book is still six times our combined total. <laughs> yeah, 24 books is a really impressive body of work, to say the least. And while we could certainly talk about any number of those books, what I'd love to focus on is his newest book for our discussion here today. And given that Chip has delivered so many different insights about customer experience over the years, I thought we should let him describe this newest book in his own words. Every organization on the planet knows the only way to compete is through new products, services, and solutions. Most organizations turn to their R&D facility or best practices from other organizations or innovation centers. But wise organizations recognize there is genius and insight and ingenuity inside the imagination of their customers. They look for ways to get the customer to open that door from the inside, allowing them access, collaboration, and co-creation with their customer. But the question becomes, how do you how do you get a customer to want to open that door to invite you in? I've studied the cultures of the most innovative companies in the world and found that characteristic of their cultures are five secrets, secrets that all not only apply to an organizational culture, but also apply to relationships, especially relationships with customers. They include curiosity, grounding, discovery, trust, and passion. My new book, Inside Your Customer's Imagination, provides the tools, techniques, perspectives to go inside your customer's imagination. How do you use these five secrets to get the customer to invite you in? You know, a lot of organizations that you thought invented their own pop products and services came from customers. How about cake pops at Starbucks or splash sticks 
or the Frisbee or the Egg McMuffin. They didn't come from corporate. They come from customers. Look for ways to go inside your customer's imagination. Now, I love how Chip encourages us to go beyond the ideas in our organization and to collaborate on new ideas from our customers. You know, lots of groups talk about having a a skunk works or customer insights or voice of the customer programs, but I feel like what Chip is talking about is kind of taking it to the next level. Don't you think, Dan? Absolutely. And especially your loyal fans are going to have amazing ideas if you just ask them. And, you know, the restaurant examples are great, but also a little bit more obvious, right? I mean, Starbucks has basically built a brand on people creating basically any drink they want in any combination. There are billions of different drinks you can order at a Starbucks. But even thinking about a company that doesn't sell food, how about something like an Intuit, which has been known for years of having some of the most engaged customers that have all these communities around the internet that talk about how to make TurboTax and and all their other products better because they love the programs and actually want to help innovate. And what company would turn that down? Absolutely. And I think there are so many companies that because of budgets or because of headcount or because of just activities that they have going on, often feel, well, we can't really invest in the research and development or the R&D as much as we would like to when they're missing the opportunity to have R&D from their actual customers and get them involved. And so I think what is really unique about Chip's book, or one of the things that is really unique about the book, is he gives you a playbook for how to do this, how to tap into the imagination of your customers. Now, on top of that, speaking of playbook, he actually gives you a songbook. Uh, uh, what now? That would be a songbook, Dan. So hey, I like Chip, this guy already. I, I figured you might. So Chip is a musician, and what he actually did is he composed a number of songs that go along with the theme of the book. And so he's got a bunch of different songs that we can play, you know, that are kind of illustrating some of the principles that he outlines. Fantastic. Well, without further ado, we got to give our listeners a little taste of one of these songs from the songbook that Chip Bell created for his book.
Dan, I got to say, I love the creativity behind this. Now, we've had some fun here on the Experience This Show with music, and we had a singing episode that we did for the holidays. And I'm always a fan of an author pushing the envelope to try new ways to provide a content experience for readers. I mean, books have been around for millennia. And so how do you make a book stand out? Well, you look about having, you you consider having different bonuses and having an audio bonus that is not the audio book but rather the songbook I thought was a really creative way to create a fun content experience. Now, speaking of the content experience, I'd love to share my favorite passage from Chip's book, Inside Your Customer's Imagination. This comes from the chapter titled, Practice Eccentric Listening. And I quote, start with empathy. Empathy starts with simply attentively listening while asking yourself, what must my customer be feeling right now? How might I feel if our roles were reversed? Empathy begins by caring enough to give undivided attention. Think about what undivided really means, not broken into parts. Empathy is enhanced through a reflective response. Receptivity to the customer's feelings enables you to provide a tailor-made reflective response that says, I've been there as well. This gesture, another way of saying, I am similar to you, promotes the kinship and closeness that is vital to customer trust. Now, we have spoken about empathy so many times. We continue to speak about empathy on the experience of this show. And I imagine most of our listeners would agree that empathy is important. What I love about this passage is that Chip highlights the importance of undivided attention and the importance of a reflective response. You know, I happened to be reminded when you were reading the beginning of that passage about how might I feel if our roles are reversed and what must my customers be feeling. Way back in season one, in episode 33, we talked about our friend Gene Bliss's book, which was called, Would You Do That to Your Mother? And, (laughs) you know, she was sort of asking a similar question of like, can you stop and think about what you're doing here to your customer and how they might feel? And, you know, we've said many times on this show, we're all customers in our real life. So it's not like these quote unquote customers are quote unquote aliens from quote unquote outer space. They're that was just a lot like of quote unquotes. Right? That was they're, a lot of quote unquotes. That's true. <laughs> but they're just like us because they are consumers in their daily lives. So it's not that hard to get into the head of your customers. So let's now go to Chip Bell himself, the author, and have him read his favorite passage from the book. There's a beautiful golf course at the beginning of my long driveway. My lakefront home backs up to the shoreline but fronts the 13th tee box. A Jack Nicklaus-designed PGA course, it's the setting for many golf tournaments. While the 13th hole is breathtaking, you play 434 yards straight into the lake. It's the 14th hole that gets the golfer's laments in the bar at the end of an arduous 18 holes. Almost the entire 14th hole is played over the water where the lake shoreline cuts deep into the golf course. Despite the fact that it's a mere 186-yard par 3 hole, many a golfer has been psychologically distracted by the giant water trap and had their golf balls land in the water. But the best golfers know a secret. 
Focus only on the hole and don't get distracted by the fact that your golf ball will be flying over water. It is a strong lesson for co-creating with your customer. It starts by having a clear focus you can work on collaboratively. It makes me feel like I'm on the golf course and combining my passage with chips, I must say that I empathize with the feeling of losing your focus because of the fear of hitting a golf ball into the water hazard. I've been there. I get anxious in those settings. You know, what I think is fascinating is focus is certainly something we all know is incredibly important, but I wonder how often we work to enhance our focusing abilities, what we do to get better at something as important as focusing. Wait, what were you saying there, Joey? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Focus on focusing. Speaking of you focusing, Dan, what was your favorite passage from the book? Well, I particularly liked this one, and here's the quote. The ritual happens thousands of times every day in restaurants around the country. You're in the middle of your meal, and the maitre d' or manager approaches your table with the query, how is everything? And you politely respond, fine unless something is really, really bad or really, really good. The inquirer thinks an evaluation has been rendered by the customer. The customer believes a fair-weather, friendly greeting has been delivered. The question is only a question in its form, not in its intent. Sure, it has a question mark at the end, but that is just for show. Make sure if you're asking a question, you're genuinely curious and earnest to hear what the customer has to say. And I loved this because we do ask questions all the time. It might be in a survey. It might be a passing, how are you doing today? And if you don't care about the answer, then rephrase the question such that you do. Because otherwise, you're just sort of wasting the other person's time. And I love this example because how many times have we been asked, how is everything? And truly, I probably say fine every time, even if it is really, really good or really, really bad because, you know, I'm in the middle of a conversation or whatever. And so it is kind of a a wasted question. I thought it was a really good call out. I agree. And I love that line. The question is only a question in its form, not its intent. And we felt that when somebody asked, oh, how are you doing today? And you're like, you actually don't care. I know you are asking because you think it's the polite or the appropriate thing to do. Imagine instead in a restaurant scenario saying, of all the things you've tasted on your plate thus far, which one surprised you the most? Or which one was unexpected? Or which one would you like me to bring you a little bit more of? These type of engaging questions change the conversation. And to be frank, that's why I liked Chip's book so much. You know, there's so many books to read when it comes to customer experience. And what I loved is that Chip is offering new angles on familiar messages. Now, certainly we've all heard about collaborating with our customers. We've heard about showing empathy, about practicing focused listening, really caring about the things our customers tell us. But for some reason, when I was reading Chip's book, it helped me to see these topics with new eyes, and it gave me newfound enthusiasm for doubling down on imaginative ways to enhance customer experiences. Make sure you pick up a copy of Inside Your Customer's Imagination by Chip Bell and find ways to take your customer interactions to new and exciting places. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? 
As our listeners know, I recently moved to my hometown where I grew up, of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and because I moved during election season, I had to register to vote because I wanted to do my civic duty and vote. So I wanted to register to vote, but long story short, in order to do that and to make sure I was well taken care of in time to get my vote counted, I had to go to the auditor's office. Have you ever been to the county auditor's office, Dan? <laughs> Thank the Lord, no. Yeah, this is a first for me as well. I was like, where, where is the auditor's office and what do I need to do? And so I went online and I found out the information that I needed and how I would basically be able to register to vote and to vote at the same place at the same time while I was registering. So I was like, oh, this is great. I can do my civic duty and we get everything taken care of. And when I walked into the auditor's office, I observed something that I have never seen before. On the reception desk, there was a little jar of pens. Now, I've been in plenty of places where there is a little jar of pens, but there was also a jar filled with reading glasses of different prescriptions that were available for public use so that I presume basically somebody who's going to read a government form or the fine print and they've forgotten their glasses at home or they need them to be able to read the forms they're filling out, they can select a pair of reading glasses from the jar in case they don't have theirs with them. Now, setting aside the fact that during COVID, I ain't touching no Probably not a good idea during COVID. And we'll avoid any commentary on the state of Iowa and their COVID response, friends. Okay, we're we're just, we're going to let that pass for now. Yes, but overall, I think that's a really interesting and thoughtful idea. I mean, I've seen the like the reverse where they collect eyeglasses, you know, used eyeglasses so they can donate them or give them to people in need. But I've never seen the here's a choice of eyeglasses or reading glasses if you can't read the forms. I, I think that's fascinating. And I'd love to ask them how often people use it. I mean, it must be reasonably enough because they have it, but I've never seen that before either. Great. Great job noticing a, a unique experience, Joey. Well, thanks, Dan. You know, as we say on the show, uh, Dan and I say this to each other all the time. If you just pay attention, the show writes itself, folks. We can come up with these stories all day long because there's so many interesting experiences out in the world. And I agree with you. I found myself wondering, how did this happen? Did so many people forget their reading glasses like in their car? And to be clear, this the auditor's office is several floors up at the county courthouse and it's pretty far away from where the parking is. So I could see a scenario where, you know, somebody came to the auditor's office and, oh, I forgot my reading glasses in the car and they're not going to traipse all the way down. And then is the auditor having to read the form to the person? I don't know. Like I'm fascinated by what happened to create a jar of reading glasses sitting on the reception desk. I am fascinated by that too, and I uh, would certainly love to hear the answer. In fact, I think at some point, we're going to have to send you out to do an experience this live. I think we could do that. You know, maybe a post-COVID auditor interview. I like it. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting about this, though, is the spirit of of this example. I'm not saying that everybody listening should have a jar of reading glasses at your reception desk. What I am saying is 
we need to explore ways to help our customers do business with us. Now, in past episodes, we talked about, for example, the coloring book that uh, was available for kids at Warby Parker. So while their parents were shopping, the kids could color in the coloring book and be entertained. Oh, yeah, of course. That was episode 60 in season three. Thank you, Rain Man, for that library reference to our past recorded episodes. Listeners may or not remember that one, given that it was way back in season three. But I've also observed things like toys at the chiropractor's office to keep the kids entertained while you're getting an adjustment or books at the dentist office for if you're waiting for a long time, you can kind of dive into a novel. These things that help people have a better experience while they're doing business with you is one thing, but the reading glasses actually help them do business with you, right? To be able to see the forms you're being asked to fill out. And so I thought this was an, was an interesting example. Yeah, and I think the one of the things to remember here is know your customer. I'm guessing that people that come into the auditor's office might be older, and and may have maybe more apt to need reading glasses. And that might be why I'm just guessing here, but that might be why they felt that it was necessary. You might find that your customers are technologically inclined or if they're sitting in a waiting room for a long time or on their phones. And so you might consider putting phone chargers in there because it's just a nice touch and people appreciate it. And so it's the little things that matter. We've said it so many times on this show And uh, I think uh, certainly if I were in need of reading glasses, I'd be really happy that they were there. And even if I weren't, I think I'd at least notice them and sort of appreciate the gesture, even if the gesture didn't specifically benefit me. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I'm not at a point where I need reading glasses, but I saw that and I immediately thought better of the auditor's office. This is my first time in the auditor's office. I'm in a new community. There's so much negative criticism about government and government services. And here I am trying to vote. And I witness that the auditor's office in Webster County in Iowa cared enough to put reading glasses in a jar for their customers or the citizens who are coming to the auditor's office to use. So what's the takeaway here, friends? The takeaway is not go get a bunch of reading glasses to put in your waiting room. The takeaway is to look at the places where your customers first come into interaction with you and maximize those first few minutes. Make those first few minutes all about helping your customer to do business with you, helping them feel comfortable, helping them feel welcomed, helping them feel appreciated, helping them feel taken care of. Wherever you can anticipate what needs your customer has and deliver on those early in the relationship, that's a great way to set a foundation for the remarkable customer experiences to come. As you've heard on the show throughout this season, we've got a brand new game show that we are doing called Experience Points. And Dan and I thought it would be fun to share a crossover segment. So what you're going to hear now is our good friend, Neen James, who is absolutely an incredible human being. You may recall we talked about her book, Attention Pays, back in season two, episode 47. And you're going to get a chance to hear Neen James as she plays experience points, and in the process, wins some great money for her favorite charity while 
teaching you a thing or two about creating remarkable customer experiences. So check out this episode of Experience Points with the incomparable Neen James. In fake or fact, examine three similar experiences. Some are real, some are not. Your task is to determine the fake from the fact. Each experience correctly detected is worth 100 points. Three correct answers will earn you 200 bonus points for a possible score of 500 points. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, let's jump into the game. So subscription boxes are all the rage. So much so that the global research and advisory company Gartner projects that by 2023, 75% of all companies that sell direct to consumers will offer some type of subscription-based service. We're gonna show you three potential monthly subscriptions that someone could sign up for, and you get to determine whether they are fake or fact. Here they are, the first one. A monthly subscription to bacon. (laughs) Fact, absolutely hands down. Bacon goes with everything. Nina's <laughs> <laughs> so excited about bacon. Let me show you all three first, and then you can tell us whether you think they're fake or fake. But I love that the bacon just catapulted you forward into the game. All right, so bacon. Subscription number two, pickup trucks, where you get a new pickup truck every month. Subscription number three, guitars, where you can get a new guitar every month. Now, these are the three potential monthly subscriptions, Neen. It's your turn now to decide which ones are fake or fact and tell us why. So the first one is bacon. You rushed into your answer answer. before. I think we know your answer. You think it is fact. And why do you think it's fact, Neen? Because everyone, almost everyone, loves bacon. They may not want to admit that they love bacon, but they love it so much that they would happily subscribe to a monthly Bacon box. I love the enthusiasm for bacon. I agree with you. I think there's a lot of closet bacon lovers out there that may not want to admit it. Neen, you said that the monthly subscription to bacon was fact, and you were indeed correct. There is a bacon subscription. Oh my goodness. This from one is, Bacon Freak. This one's crazy. Yeah, it's from a company called Bacon Freak. That's cool branding, by the way. Yeah, it's very cool, cool branding. branding. And I need to share this for those of you listening as opposed to seeing uh, the show via video. They offer a king size bacon is meat candy. (laughs) Bacon of the month club. Bacon is meat candy is what they call it. So big fans of bacon. Yes, Neen, you are correct. You are one for one. All right, the second faker fact option. Pickup trucks. Is a subscription to pickup trucks faker fact and why? Fake. And what makes you say fake, Neen? Because I'm unsure about how you would handle the logistics of that. So I'm thinking from a logistics experience point of view, you would just get kind of used to setting up all the things that you love about your pickup truck and then you change to another one. So I'm going to say fake. Interesting. And to be clear, you're saying the experience for the customer of getting everything set up logistically as opposed to the logistics of the pickup truck company getting you a new pickup every month. Correct. Gotcha. I like it. Well, Neen, you believe it's fake. 
And in fact, it is fake. You are correct. Woo! Two for two, Neen. What's fascinating about this one is there actually are car subscription companies. BMW offers one, Porsche, uh, Mercedes. These various companies allow you to subscribe to a different car where you can go and swap out the car for a new one, but no one has done it for pickup trucks yet. So you are correct, Neen, feeling good. Let's go to the third one, guitars. A subscription to get a new guitar. Neen, fake or fact? This is a hard one. I think you could go either way with this one because I know people in my life who would happily subscribe to that box, but I'm going to go with fake. And the reason I'm gonna go with fake is to be able to provide for the guitar lover who enjoys those premium products. I'm thinking that potentially the reason is because the price point is a very small market that would subscribe to that box. Gotcha, so Neen says fake, but sadly it's fact. Oh, there is a group, Guitar Affair is their name, that allows you to subscribe and get a new guitar every month. You send the old one back and you get a new one. Ugh, alas, so close, but two for three, Neen, why do you think subscription boxes are all the rage? Like everybody seems to be getting one or creating one. Why do you think that is? I love being able, and I'm one of those consumers. I get multiple subscription boxes. And the things that I love about it is it's a curated experience where someone has done the work for you. And then because there are certain products, for example, with beauty stores, I get samples that I go and buy the full product. So I like that it's curated, it's convenient. And I also like that it's like a little present to myself every single month. So that's one of the reasons I like it. And I think that's the same for most people. Also too, at the time of recording, where people are spending more time in their homes, that could be another reason why I think they're increasing. With both the guitars and the pickup trucks, it's more like a Netflix model, at least as Netflix started off with the DVDs, where you get one a month, you return it, and you get a new one. Obviously, you're not returning that bacon, and they couldn't probably rip it out of your hands, Neen, once they uh, gave you the bacon. But uh, I think that's really interesting because you have this sort of two types of subscription services. The one where you get something that you keep and it is like a present. The other where you get something to borrow and you get to try new things that maybe you, you don't even want to keep. I mean, I love the idea of driving a new BMW every month without necessarily having to pick my favorite, right? Uh, so I think this is uh, definitely applicable. And I've talked with a lot of companies, including some clients that immediately jumped to this idea that there's no way they could have a subscription box. I don't necessarily think that's true. Even if you're in the service business, not, the, not a product business, I think the concept of why subscription boxes work can work in almost any business. What do you think? One of the things that I advocate for my clients is that if you really want to get the attention of a client, whether it is as a thank you for an opportunity you've had together, or if you are romancing a new prospect, I often prescribe pres these subscription boxes because it lands on their desk or in their home every single month. And I've personally had success with that in my own practice. And so I was with one of my luxury travel clients recently and they manage all sorts of kinds of travelers. But I had found them subscription boxes for leisure, adventure, uh, cuisine, family. And so it was really interesting that when you start to drill into this, I would challenge clients to really think creatively about this because think about 
Dollar Shave Club. They instantly just kept sending, and who knew that was gonna be a thing, right? And so I think we have to think about getting the attention of people in a different way. Subscription boxes is a beautiful way to elevate your branding. It's a fantastic way to get to know your customers even more. So I think they're here to stay. Absolutely. And you know, Neen, I think it's interesting you mentioned that idea of taking someone from the prospecting stage through to the customer stage. What I love about subscription boxes is the continued connection. It's to your point, getting in front of that customer on a regular basis, a monthly basis. And it's a way that's more fun than say, sending them an email that's oh, just checking in to see how things were going, right? None of us like receiving that email or even worse, that phone call. But having a small little gift or a subscription arrive is a great way to make it about them as well. I think it, the more you can learn about your clients and identify what their personal interests are, if you send them a subscription box, every month they're thinking of you. Uh, exactly. Anybody who's uh, had the chance to hear me speak knows that I'm a big fan of root beer. And I've had a number of clients get me a subscription to the root beer of the month club. And so every month when that six pack of root beer comes in, it doesn't have their name on it. It doesn't say, hey, still thinking of you, but I remember who gave it to me. And so I think there's a huge opportunity here from gifting. Out of curiosity, let's dive a little bit deeper into the benefit of a business, or the benefit rather to a business of considering these type of forever transactions, like the power to lock a customer in on a monthly basis, even if it's to your point earlier, like a small sample set. Can you speak me into kind of what you've seen as far as the long-term value of being able to build that relationship over time? If we think about attention is about connection, right? And so when you have, as the business, invested your attention in getting to know that Joey likes root beer, and when Joey receives that, that builds an instant, not just the connection, but a loyalty. Because given an opportunity for Joey to make a purchasing decision in the future, you might have competitors, their products might be cheaper, they might be more convenient. But because of that sense of connection and loyalty, which you've built up through the simplicity of this gift, this subscription box, that's part of the differentiator. And what it also do, does, I think, is that there's I believe in like there's an unconsciousness to this as well. So we have often, we're treating things as transactions, but if you can be more transformative and you can think about how do I consciously connect to this? How do I intentionally pay attention to this person? Not just for the short game, but for the long game. Because it's not just about influencing their experience, it's the 200 people they'll tell about receiving that root beer subscription box. So when you think about it as like dropping a pebble in a pond, it's the ripple effect across not just the people they know, but the stories they're going to tell at their dinner party, at their yacht club, at their chamber event. That's the kind of press that you can't pay for and that's why the simple thought of attention is about connection it has this ripple effect as well so true neen and boy i think plenty of our watchers and listeners would love a subscription to the wisdom of neen james dan <laughs> let's recap how neen did playing faker fact in this game correct answers are worth 100 points and you answered two questions correctly which means you earned 200 points now that 200 points will be converted into 200 dollars thanks to our friends at avtex for a donation to operation smile nice work thank you avtex 
Congratulations, Neen. This concludes this episode of Experience Points. Check out more games with Neen and our other celebrity contestants at experiencepointsgame.com. That's experiencepointsgame.com. We'll see you soon for more examples of remarkable experiences here at Experience Points, presented by Avtex. Hopefully you thought that was as fun as we did. Check out more games at experiencepointsgame.com. Again, it's the Experience Points Game Show brought to you by our friends at Avtex. And hey, we just want to add this little note. We know that this week is Thanksgiving in the United States. It is a time to be thankful. And Joey and I are so thankful for you, our listeners. Thanks for sticking with us for so many episodes six seasons, over a hundred episodes. We really appreciate you and are very thankful for you on this Thanksgiving 2020. Wow. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. This.